Hey, what's going on? It's episode 28. New look. First time uh, since we've had this new setup that I've had to go solo. So, uh, got a new look here. No table, no stand. Nothing in between me and you for a more intimate feel for this episode of the Top of the Duke Chain podcast. Flying solo. Got Corey here running the uh, What's going ones on, and twos, the producer role. Let me fix this just a minute. Yeah. Anyway, got Corey here running the producer. Jeff's at home with a sick kid. Mike's Mike's MIA right now, man. Uh, MIA. So we'll look out for a Mike uh, here in the next few weeks. Not sure if it'll happen, but it is what it is. Episode 28, a lot of things going on in the uh, in the world. We have the draft for the NFL, which is back in the day, man, that didn't mean anything, man. Like, you used to be able to watch the draft and, like, maybe catch the first top five picks, and then that was it. Now it's a fiasco. Now you've got, like, the combine combine workouts on on TV 24-7 during that. And then the draft is, is televised on, on the main ESPN channel the entire time. And people watch it, man. Big draft party. I think it'd be kind of cool to go to the draft. It was a Jerry's World this year, I think. Uh, they're starting to move it around a little bit. Uh, but uh, a lot of drama there, which we'll talk about. Um, maybe a little bit of love advice for those of you... Uh, for those of you hurting in that department, but uh, my mind's an oyster, man. We're gonna crack it open and we're gonna gonna let it go. But first, if you don't know a little bit about myself, uh, I dabble in the uh, amateur realm of powerlifting, and one of the lifts in powerlifting is uh, is the deadlift. And so since I'm flying by myself tonight, uh, we're going to talk about some stuff that I uh, have a little bit of expertise on. And I'm going to show you guys, let's show this first video of a guy who's the complete opposite and who has zero expertise. Even though he claims to be a trainer, uh, a personal trainer and in uh, school for kinesiology and all that, uh, the guy uh, definitely has some issues. So let's play that first one. Pause it here real quick, though. Can't pause it. All right, let me let me tell you before he goes um, a few things. First off, the bodybuilding.com T-shirt. Yeah, it's fitting a little bit loose. Yeah. First off, it's a bodybuilding.com T-shirt. Second off is all the kinetic tape, man. Uh, the guy is basically trying to cheat. Right, right. Then he just drops a bunch of F-bombs. Uh, He's pretty proud of himself, too. That was a... Uh, play, play that again, though. All right, so we got the kinetic tape, which is a joke. Guys, don't do this. He's cheating. Second off, the bodybuilding.com T-shirt. Third, he's deadlifting with hex plates, uh, which are those... They're, they're a hexagon plate instead of a traditional round plate, which... If you uh, if you deadlift with those, you're, you're setting yourself up to hurt yourself. Because essentially what happens is you can come down on one of the points of those hex, and with that much weight, you don't know which way it's going to go, and it can 
can take you out. What else? Oh, uh, and then the two biggest things they, they kind of should let a person know anyone who actually kind of knows what they're doing. Play it one more time. That that knows what they're doing. First off, he's he's using straps, but he's using a reverse grip with the straps, which is a great way. I would highly recommend using this if you would like to rip your bicep out of socket. Uh, yeah, that that's now. There's nothing wrong with the reverse grip. Just don't use the bands. Um, so and then the. the the kicker to all this, and, and you'll see it when uh, when he fails again, is uh, when he gets up. The man's got two weightlifting belts on, man. Two weightlifting belts. That is hands down the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. That and his back never got anywhere near straight. Well, he ne- he didn't even lift it. There was absolutely zero muscle use in that. In that lift, basically what he did to even even move it the way he did was use the leverage of his body. So it would be similar to like if you were to strap a car to a rope and then you were to lean backward, put it in neutral, and then you were just to lean backwards and the, the, the truck would start moving. That's essentially all he's doing is just, he's just using his leverage, which is why when it gets to a certain point, he has no ability to move the weight, lock it out whatsoever, and uh, has, the, has the ability to lock the weight whatsoever, and that's why he ends up falling. He ends up falling on his heels. And he, he posted that to his Instagram page, uh, which I went and looked at. Every time I see something like that, I always try and go to the, the original source. Is he sponsored by Bodybuilder.com, or is he just rocking the shirt? No, he just – you know what he did? Cut the sleeves off the free T-shirt he got. When exactly. He, when he, he bought, bought some, some supplements. <laughs> he bought some supplements, got a free T-shirt, and then cut the sleeves off of it. But there's a comment, and uh, I'm gonna see if I can find it. I screenshotted it for sure. Um. Anyway, there's. Play the next one. This is what should happen to people like that, in my personal opinion. This is good for him. He's not the man of this time. The guy just has, has more weight than he can handle. And to be honest with you, there's nothing to be ashamed as far as that goes. Because uh, stuff like that happens all the time. Uh, because, I mean, I mean, you are pulling the weight. I mean, it is just, it's just a strain. Um Eddie Hall's done 1,100 pounds. I think that's the most anyone's done. And he uh, he ended up almost passing out. And he, he ended up almost dying, they said. Uh, because they said if he had gone any any further, uh, he ended up would have uh, basically just popping his eye sockets out of place. Wow. And where is the comment? The, uh, the guy who plays the mountain on Game of Thrones, what's his name? Something like... Bjorn, yeah, yeah, Bjornson or something. Bjornson, didn't he just break the record? I thought he. he yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Okay. Uh, Eighty like hundred and forty or something, wasn't it? Or was it a thousand forty? Yeah. No, it was eleven something. Which is, I mean, just minuscule. Uh just just a few pounds over what Eddie Hall did. So, yeah. Anyway, so that dude who the first guy who, uh, who fell and and 
cussed himself out. By the way, he in that in that post he claims it's a forty pound PR attempt. That was six seventy five, which is ridiculous. Um so I went to I went, like I said, I went to the source, so I found his six hundred and thirty five pound pool, which is terrible too. Um one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. So the guy can't I, I would say in a legit uh, if he were to legitimately do the deadlift, he's probably maybe, maybe, and I'm probably being pretty generous here in the mid fives, maybe, probably, probably low fives, high fours, but he posts that, uh, he posts that, uh, that picture and this dude named Joe Nathan 88 comments to his buddy. And said, you would think after almost 4,000 negative comments, you would have taken this down. Uh, then he kind of calls out his boy, the great Hambino. Uh, <laughs> great Hambino, he has chosen to die on this hill. <laughs> Which made me laugh. I'm always a big fan of comments on oh, these things. People are brutally honest. Yeah. So you know, I highly recommend, man, like when you go to these things, man, just... Just read the comments, just because there's some some clever people out yeah. there. People are brutal, sure. whether whether they're right or wrong. Because uh, I mean, the majority of my posts and like the my buddies that I follow, like I guess we would be uh, members of the of the tactical community. Uh-huh. And I mean, people will rip apart every part of your uniform, the way you're holding a gun, any like anything. I uh, I went to an event where I was wearing like my old like Operation Iraqi Freedom DCUs. Uh huh. And the way the uniform used to be set up before they had the Velcro pockets was you would have your unit crest, uh, like your your combat patch right here, and then you'd have the flag underneath it. Uh-huh. And people just like blew up. They're like, oh, you, you would never put the flag beneath a unit patch, blah, blah, blah. And they, like, you can go Google it online, like the setup of a uniform during that time, and it's absolutely correct. <laughs> but people just, they think they know when they actually don't. Yeah. I, but it's not even the brutalness, it's the cleverness. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to troll somebody... Be clever, you know. Be funny about it. Yeah, I like to troll uh, the trailer for uh, Amy Schumer's new movie. I've been on there quite a bit. Got quite a few comments. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. The the feminists like to like to pounce on you for that. I gotta find those people, man. I try and troll, and I trolled one guy, and he gave me a thumbs up on the on the comment, and I'm like, I don't think I'm doing it right. But anyway. <laughs> So the draft was this past weekend. Uh, pretty, uh, I don't know, uh, how what you would classify it as. Uh, it definitely wasn't uneventful. Baker Mayfield went number one to the Cleveland Browns. What do you think about that? Um, there are pros and cons. I don't like it personally. I'm a little biased, uh, but I got reasons behind not liking it. Um. But uh, but uh, I'll start off with the pros. Uh, why it, why it's maybe a good pick. Uh, number one, um, he dude's extremely accurate. I mean, he's just a, a, a ridiculously accurate quarterback, uh, most efficient quarterback in the history of the sport. So that that's obviously going for him, and. Uh, um, people follow him. You know what I mean. I mean, he's just a, he's just a good. He's got that moxie. I don't. You know, a lot of people have issues with. Uh, a lot of people have issues with 
um, kind of the cockiness. Yeah. You know, but I, I personally take issue with it, I, but I mean, it, it comes with a sport, most sports, especially professional sports. I mean, when you have proven yourself to be the best of the best, I guess it gives you the right to talk a little bit of trash. Right. But and, I mean, you know, he, he, he talked a lot of game and then, you know, got embarrassed there towards the end of the year. Yeah, so. no, you're right. And, but, but the thing is, 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 you know, but then if if you have a guy who's, who's passive, then he's then he doesn't have the moxie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it you know you you know some people take it, you know, from, as cocky. Other people take it as you know just loose and and confident and got that moxie. So I really don't have issues with that. But I do think he moves around pretty well, which he's going to have to. Uh, with with Joe Thomas, their their best offensive lineman retiring, um, and but he's got a good receiver core. Uh, in Cleveland with Jarvis Landry and Josh Brown. Yeah. Uh, they picked up a pretty decent running back in Chubbs from Georgia. Uh, so I think offensively they're there. Um, and, and like I said, he's extremely accurate. He threw that poster out real well. Um, and, I mean, and he won. I mean, he won games. He won games at Texas Tech. He won games at OU. Uh, so, uh, and they said he's extremely smart. Uh, so I don't want to give him the Johnny Manziel tag like a lot of people are giving him. Oh no, because, he's not. He's not nearly that bad. No, because I I do think he's smarter. I I just I think Johnny Manziel's too stupid to understand NFL defense, and I think he's he's more uh, studious. So I think he'll spend more time in the playbook. Uh, yeah. so I I don't I don't I'm not saying he's. I won't go as far as saying he won't be a bust, but he's not going to be a bust like Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was a bust because he was in the league for like two two years and then he was out. Yeah. Uh, if if I I foresee his career being a, a lot like Colt McCoy's, where he's just a he's a backup for twelve to fifteen years, a good solid, uh, solid dude on the roster that's gonna that's probably gonna you know command three to five million a year as a backup quarterback, which. Is a respectable career uh, unless you're the number one overall pick, you know, and then then you end up being a. So you don't think he's ever going to start? No, I think he'll start. I just don't see him being a an Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. No. Uh, but that, that's that's where I think you should be as the number one overall pick and a Heisman you, Trophy winner. Do you think that's a size thing or a talent thing? I don't, I don't think he has the arm to make all the throws. Yeah. I just I think all the I think that the windows in the NFL, even though he's extremely accurate. Uh, the you in the NFL you have small windows which requires a lot of accuracy, but it requires a lot of arm strength too because you have to put it in that window quick. Uh, so I think that's his downfall. Some pros again or some cons against the guy is his size. You look at uh, traditionally anyone six foot or under at the quarterback position usually doesn't too too well. Uh, the average is what six four. Yeah, six four, six three, something like that. Um. You got Drew Brees at six foot. I think Russell Wilson's in the five ten, five eleven range. Uh, Doug Flutie was shorter than that. Uh, but and then you have like uh, was Tarkenton back in the day. Uh, so there are some. So it is a possibility, but just you know, odds wise, smaller quarterbacks just don't do well because of the passing lanes. Because you do have giants like J.J. Watt and and uh, Von uh, is Von Von Miller yeah. and, and those guys just. I mean, they're huge. 
you know, and they got wingspans that are enormous. So the passing lanes aren't going to be there. Uh, the other thing is, is traditionally Big 12 quarterbacks do terrible in the NFL. Um, you look there, 32 NFL quarterbacks. You have, which this was a pretty interesting fact, uh, a third of them, 10 or 11 of them, don't even come from Power 5 conferences, all mid-majors or, or lower divisions. Then you have the ACC and the Pac-12 um, rocking six each. So that's, that's 22 quarterbacks from just those three divisions. Then you have the Big Ten and the SEC splitting. And then the Big 12 has three quarterbacks uh, that could technically you could you can consider a starter. One's a Sam Bradford, which there's a little asterisk next to him because he hadn't finished the full season yet. <laughs> Uh, then you got Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, um, which I don't, I don't even, I, I, you know, he's not even starting. They expect him to start eventually, but he's not starting with Alex Smith there. And you got Ryan Tannehill in Miami, who got hurt this year, uh, and so his position's up for grabs. And, and that's it as far as Big Twelve representation. So Big Twelve quarterbacks and six foot or less quarterbacks typically don't do well uh, in the uh, in the NFL, but. Mike and I have talked about this before, and then we made the point that the problem with the Browns isn't necessarily the coaching or the talent, because they've had talent come through there, uh, and, and they've had decent coaches. I mean, Belichick coached there for a little bit. Uh, but we made the point uh, a, few of, you know, a few episodes back that it's the, it's the management. It's the, uh, the guys making the personnel decisions that the issue lies. And... Uh, we made, you know, we made fun of him for, you know, drafting Manziel because he said, "Let's wreck this league together." Um, but here's why I think, and I, this is why I don't think Mayfield's going to do well. Is uh, Highsmith? His last name's Highsmith. He's the uh, VP of player or, or personnel for the Cleveland Browns, and. Uh, Apparently, the choice was between Baker Mayfield or Josh Rosen out of UCLA. Josh Rosen, Rosen by all scouts, like if you look at all the, all the pro scouts, NFL scouts, the analyst scouts and all that for the, the networks, Josh Rosen was deemed hands down the most pro-ready quarterback in the draft this year. Uh, he was the number two quarterback uh, behind Darnold. Uh, for potential, but they said for the guy who's best suited to jump into the league right now and, and start was Josh Rosen. Anyway, Highsmith, the VP of player relations for the Browns, was uh, in the airport, and he was he he wanted Josh. He was considering Josh Rosen, and he happened to be at the airport, uh, standing in line behind UCLA's volleyball team. Uh, he says, uh, the team was in front of me that heard so much talk about Rosen. He's this or that. We all know how people talk. Uh, so I asked the volleyball coaches, what's Rosen like? And he said, you should probably ask his girlfriend. She's one of the players. He's over there. Then he says, I'm like, all right, coach, that's good enough. So essentially you had the VP of this million-dollar NFL team making a choice between quarterbacks, a million-dollar investment based on some college girl volleyball gossip. 
that that's essentially what his <laughs> that's essentially what his choice came down to is what he said is that hey, it makes sense to me so so that's why i think baker mayfield's probably in a little bit of trouble uh because that's that's why he's he's no he's ranked the number 11th player in the draft um and he's the fourth best quarterback yet he went number one so he's broken all odds supposedly against him you know um suppo- i mean i think the walk-in walk-on thing is a little skewed um he i think he was highly recruited the, the word is he was highly recruited out of high school but he had a college fund set up uh, by his parents uh, and so he didn't need the athletic scholarship. So he told people that he didn't need the athletic scholarship because right. of why he didn't get offered. Uh, but he was a preferred walk-on. And essentially he – and I'm not knocking it. I think it's smart. If you have the college set up, he did exactly what you should because the college was paid for. He didn't take the scholarship. Therefore, he was free to go wherever he wanted to afterwards. And, and, when, he, and when he didn't got tired of Texas Tech, he didn't have anything holding him back because he technically wasn't a scholarship player. So – uh that's a plus yeah it's definitely uh, worked out in his favor so so that works out uh again uh if you really needed that and i tell i i believe it's true simply because if he if he needed that scholarship money then he obviously when you're competing for the heisman your junior year i mean ou is going to give you that scholarship you know they're going to give you the spot on the team so he never took it, so I, I tend to believe it. The other thing is they say his dad's kind of a pain. He's one of those dads that you don't want to mess with, so he turned a lot of coaches off. Like so. a LeVar Ball type dad? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. He's, he's got a reputation around Texas from what I hear. So, anyway, so this whole, like, I didn't get uh, this chip on his shoulder because I didn't get offered, and, and these people overlooked me is a little bit skewed. A little bit played up. Yeah, so it, it's more of a hype thing than, than a reality. But other than that um, – Browns go as far as the Browns go, man. I, me personally, I would have taken uh, uh, Barkley uh, out of Penn State first, the running back, because you have Tyrod Taylor there. So I would have taken Barkley number one. Uh, then I would have taken Chubbs, the defensive end from Georgia, number two, or not Georgia. I forgot where he's from. Chubbs is his name, though. Uh, anyway, he's the defensive end, number one defense. He's the number two player in the draft number one defensive player in the draft. And so you put him on the opposite side of Miles Garrett. Uh, you're sitting pretty good at defense. You would have got your running. Uh, then you could have probably picked up a, a quarterback. Probably if you don't pick up Baker Mayfield, you probably can pick up uh, Lamar Jackson out of Louisville down in, as your first pick in the second round to get your quarterback to back up Tyrod Taylor um, and then leave yourself uh, probably Connor Williams for a legitimate uh, offensive lineman at the number four spot in the second round, and uh, that to me would have been the the better po- choices for me. But what do I know? Uh, but it worked out for me personally as a Cardinal fan because Josh Rosen, the most pro-ready quarterback, fell to number ten uh, to the Cardinals. Um, I I I, say, I remember last year, or there were two years ago. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles traded up to number two to pick up Carson Wentz, and I thought that was the funniest thing ever because he was a <clears throat> a quarterback who had a lot of question marks around him because he didn't play, you know, the upper levels of Division One, and uh, obviously was wrong about. It. I end up, you know, shooting my brother a text, making fun of it, but uh, end up being wrong. He was on path to win the MVP, and 
big reason they won the Super Bowl was because of him. And uh, and so definitely wrong there. But Josh Allen out of Wyoming had a lot of question marks uh, around him. He's very raw, had a lot of issues with defenses uh, when he played him, lower-level defenses, not even like sophisticated defense, averages defenses, and he had issues with him. He's great talent, huge hands, can sling the ball a, a million miles, uh, but very raw. And, and I do think trading up to like the number seven or eight spot to pick up that type of raw talent is extremely risky. Uh, but it's a typical Buffalo Bills move. So uh, that's why they're, they're always that high in the draft. But other than that, man, draft was pretty boring. Um, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys seemed like they played it pretty safe. Yeah, and they didn't have a bad one. They picked up Connor Williams. Who was the number three guard? They you know, which they already have a stacked offensive line anyway. Uh, they got him in the second round, and they were talking about him in the top ten. Yeah. Uh, so I never questioned their offensive line pickups. They picked up a center in the first round a couple years ago, and he ends up being the best center in the league uh, every year. So uh, it's just it's it's the rest of the position. Their offensive line coach obviously knows what he's doing. It's the the rest of the team that but got the pretty decent uh linebacker uh in the first round but we'll see i think they're gonna have quarterback issues again yeah i'm hoping last year was a fluke yeah i don't know man i think the first well <laughs> we'll, we'll you think, see you think Dak's first year was a fluke yeah well yeah because and i would say it's because of what's his name because uh ezekiel elliott wasn't there but Ezekiel Elliott was there until the last, like, six games of the se- the regular season. Yeah. So That does put a lot more pressure on your quarterback, though, but, when you lose Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, but he didn't lose until, like, ten games in, and he wasn't doing well the first ten games. Well, what was their record at the first half of the season? I thought it was pretty decent, if I remember. I think they were still they were at 500. Yeah. Now, granted, playoffs basically went out the picture when uh, Ezekiel Elliott finally yeah. decided to, to serve a suspension, but – they, I mean, they weren't matching what they were the year before. Were they, were they first round? I mean, were they a first round bye? Um, they won the division. Yeah. So. I want to say they were. So, uh, anyway. Yeah. So, Cowboys didn't do too bad, but they went pretty safe. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, man. Uh, Ty, I, I don't know. Tyrod Taylor's going to have a short leash. And, and I mean, he just – you know, a lot of people are comparing uh, Mayfield to to Aaron Rodgers as a guy who can go sit back and learn the system. Um, but the difference is Aaron Rodgers was going in where Brett Favre was the quarterback. You know, Hall yeah. of Fame Brett Favre. Yeah. I mean, so, like, you know going in you're not going to start. Yeah. Like, Tyrod Taylor is the starter. And first off, Tyrod Taylor's new there, too. Right. So, it's not like he's been there and established himself. So, he's new, too. So, Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback and the guy just got there. I mean, that's a that's yeah. a crapshoot as far as who starts there. You're also talking about being a backup on a solid team versus being a backup uh, for the Browns. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the Packers went to the playoffs a few years while Aaron Rodgers backed up Brett Favre. So, uh and then Favre started to decline, and that's when they they uh, they let him go or yeah. traded him. So. A, lot of, a lot of people thought that was too early, but it ended up working out in their favor. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, is Rodgers is, you know, is one of those guys that you're going to look back on. Uh, 
he went number 26 in the draft or something like that, 28, yeah. something like that. You know, and then, so everyone's going to look back on it and be like, oh, they, you know, look at all these players that they could have had Aaron Rodgers for. But, you know, those are always few and far between. If you think you're going to make that kind of pick every year, it's not going to happen. Tom Brady's don't come along every year where you get a guy in the sixth round that ends up being a Hall of Famer and all that. So, anyway. That was the draft, man. It was, uh, it is what it is. We'll come in and. What you know? What was kind of cringeworthy, and and someone the big play group talked about this, is they brought Ryan Shazier out. Uh, I don't know if y'all know he's the guy who who many were worried that he paralyzed himself uh, in a game this year. He's a linebacker for the Steelers. They brought him out, and he uh, he walked for the first time on TV, uh, and to the cheers of the crowd, which is kind of weird. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, it's a good it's a feel good yeah. story that he's walking, but it's kind of like you're shining a big fat light at the negative, the negative part of this sport. Yeah, you know, a sport that's that's It'd be like putting up all the people that have TBI up on the on the jumbotron. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, clap for these guys. Yeah, now classy move by the Steelers though is is because he's on the pup list, which is the physically unable to perform list. Um, it allows them to – it's a salary cap thing and all that. It allows them to free up roster space. But before they did it, um, they uh, they converted his contract, his plan contract, all $8 million guaranteed, nice. which I think is two years. They converted it to a signing bonus so they could give it to him all up front. Uh, and it's just, just a way to guarantee that he has some, some pocket change. Uh, if he doesn't get to return from this injury, so yeah, classy move by the Rooney family uh, and the Steelers as usual, uh, which is why they're usually competing for the <clears throat> the good stuff every year. But uh, nice story there. Uh, anyway, not a nice story is uh, my man goes on. Uh, let's make a deal, rocking a great mustache, <laughs> and ends up getting. Uh, Caught in the friend zone. Go ahead and play that. Now, how long have you guys been together? <laughs> uh, about six months. That's it. It's new. Oh, it's newish. We're yeah. friends. <laughs> We're just friends. Can what we, do you want to Can we talk about this uh, not in front of everyone? <laughs> I'm single. It's complicated. I'm single, guys. I'm single. What? Oh, no, no. We're, we're really good friends. <laughs> So this is, I I think it's fake. Yeah, yeah. It seems it seems a little too staged for me. Yeah, I mean the the guy the guy sells it way better than the girl does. Yeah. Like if the girl was embarrassed and saying things like that too, and not like oh I'm single guys, like that's what kind of throws it off. Yeah. Like if she was like like shaking her head like no, nah. yeah. Like, then I would I would believe it, but a little too staged. I hope it's staged, because if that's not staged, man, that is yeah embarrassing oh it's super cringeworthy i mean to me the just the way they play it out though it reminds me of like the 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 jumbotron scenarios that they do it like yeah the fake games and stuff now where everybody does it it used to be funny but now everybody does it it kind of reminds me of that yeah yeah where the where the 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 dude yeah where you know they it's the one 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 person they pick out to stage it not saying that deal let's make a deal staged it but i think those two individuals staged it I yeah. think they they did it to try and <clears throat> go viral. 
Um, but um, we were talking about Pusha T, the rapper, before this uh, podcast started, who highly underrated. Um, I liked him back when he was with Clips. And, uh, and then he went solo, which he's, he puts out good music. Uh, and I don't know what happened this year, this week, but got on that push that some put, you know, kind of led me to that, that genre of music and, uh, particularly push a T and, uh, I kind of figured out why dudes, uh, they say chivalry's dead. Uh, but I just think we're looking in the wrong place for, uh, for lessons or inspiration. And so I was scrolling through the Pusha T playlist and I came across a song and it dawned on me why so many couples have problems. Uh, and, and a lot of it's because I don't think dudes are expressing themselves in, uh, in a way that women can, um, can appreciate uh, what the, the guy's trying to say. And so Pusha T with Kevin Gates puts out a song that I think, I really think if you just go in and say this to your significant other, your girlfriend, fiance, or wife, whatever the relationship is, I think uh, you can fix some things. So here it is. Here's the song. It's called Trust. Girl, you different when you're not around. It feels like something's missing and I know you keep it real. Never tell no lie. No, you heard what they say. True love is on the vine. I just might trust you with you my drugs. Trust you with my money. Just might trust you with my drugs. Might trust you with my money. Girl, I trust you with my drugs. Might trust you with my money. <laughs> trust you with my drugs. And trust you with my money. Well, he's obviously talking about prescription medications. Nothing illegal. Right. But... Because you got to make sure you stay on schedule. Well, and that, that's exactly what it prescriptions. is. Prescriptions, exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who? I like Pusha T. I'm not knocking the guy because I think he's he's a great artist. But, um, dude, who signs off on that? Man, what what record execs like trust you with my drugs? Trust you, with my, okay. All okay. of them. All of them. It's 2018. I can dude. see that. You can, can literally that. say whatever you want. All right. So I think I'm going to try that. Just say a bunch of heinous stuff. Right no, my anniversary's coming up. My anniversary's coming up in a couple months. And I think at dinner, I think I'm literally going to tell my wife that I trust her with my drugs and I trust <laughs> her with my money. <laughs> Just to see what... <laughs> what <laughs> I don't get it, man. I just... I, I don't know, man. It's... Is I don't know. It's a it's a different lifestyle, but I think, from what we we live. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, speaking of rappers, man, what's up with Kanye, dude? He's he's gone full uh, he's gone full MAGA, and uh, he's he's essentially been disowned by everybody on the left. Oh uh, yeah, on the left. I was going to say you got you had Chance the Rapper come out and. Which I don't know if you guys heard of him, but he's a good rapper too. And and, and again, this I mean their 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 skill level doesn't uh, change, I guess you can say. Yeah. Um, but Chance the Rapper came out and said the same thing, you yeah. know. And and I don't, you know, here's the thing, man. 
I don't even think it's an anti. I mean, I think I think Kanye went MAGA, you know, make you know, on the Trump side. But I think from Chance the Rapper's standpoint, I don't necessarily think it's an anti-democratic uh, way of thinking. I just think the main the main thing that they're trying to get across is 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 just make your own decisions. You know, be a free thinker and and if you do come to the conclusion to support someone like Trump or support someone like uh I guess Hillary or, or Obama or whoever, you know, at least you know, be able to to say something outside of, you know, this this person endorses them or that person endorses them. Or I'm a particular race, so I have to endorse them type thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's just more of a think for yourself, which, you know, I always have issues with the endorsing in the politics. Uh, unless it's another politician. You know what I mean? But, for example, LeBron James. You know what I mean? I, and not knocking the guy, but he comes out and he endorses people all the time in, in the political world, which is fine, but I don't necessarily relate to LeBron James because the, the kid, the day he won the state championship his senior year of high school, so he can play no more basketball because basketball's over for high school, he walks into Nike's executive office and signs a $90 million contract at 18 years old. So hands down, that dude graduates high school with more money than than 99% of the population will ever see in their lifetime. And, uh, and so, you know, for him to say that we need to vote for somebody, yeah, I'm not, I'm not you know, now, if I if I have a, a congressman or congresswoman that I respect, I like their views, I see their voting record, and they endorse somebody, then I I, I can see that because you know they're they're endorsing someone that that you know falls in line with you know stuff that is important to me. But I'm not gonna lie, man, when it comes to when it comes to politics, man, I'm extremely selfish, extremely selfish. What What do you mean? Like I literally only care about the people that are going to put more money in my pocket and take less money. I mean, it really the the person who benefits me the most is uh, the one that I'd vote for. Well, that, I think that's what most people believe going into uh, it. Well, I I, th- I think a lot of people. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Like when you're when you're talking about like leftists and Democrats, they think what they're doing is better for all people you know they're more into well, the socialism side of things but i guess what you're saying is you're you're all about you and not everybody that's else. exactly what i'm saying okay like i don't care <laughs> at all about anything else other than how it's going to affect me right you know and but, if, but if you look at it a lot of the time what's best for you is what's going to be better for everybody else i think that's the way most people look at it that's why i get confused when Democrats vote the way they they vote, knowing that it's going to damage probably more people than it's going to hurt. Like the working class is normally the one that takes the brunt off of right. anything having to do with like new taxes yeah, or anything but, like that, or but the over expansion of government. But, but their work, the, the working class that votes for the left, typically wants to do it. I would say for the most part to help other people. 
but you know, I, I think there's well-intentioned people on the left. Oh yeah, I know tons of them. And I and I think that those well-intentioned people are the people that would rather pay more in taxes if it ensured that a mother was able to feed her children. You know, that's kind of where they're coming from. Where you know, the house. You know, whatever. Me. I mean, I hope that mom could feed her children. I just don't want her to do it with my tax dollars. So you're saying you hate poor babies? No, <laughs> no. I'm just saying. I really what I'm saying is 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 that I you know I just think that's just how I vote. I mean, and, you know, and, and the way I go, I don't the social issues. I don't care anything about the social issues from a pol- political standpoint because. It doesn't matter what you say is is right or wrong as far as social issues. The government's not my standard for that. So yeah. So the government can say this is right and this is wrong, and and it means nothing to me because I have I yeah I don't use the government for my social my social or my moral uh, compass at all anyway. So and why would you? I mean, yeah, exactly. So so I throw so that bad. out. So it's it's one hundred percent fiscal for me when it comes to politics. And, uh, like I said, man, I am 100%, uh, with anyone who is going to benefit me the most in that area. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think we're probably on the same page to me. Like when it comes to politics, it's just common sense. Like what, what's the common sense answer or solution to this problem that they're trying to address? Like if it doesn't make sense, like, like Bernie Sanders wants to raise taxes to 99.9%. Like, to me, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, it, it's working where it's at. The problem is that all these programs that we're dumping our tax dollars into are busted, and they need to be reworked. So more money's not going to fix the problem. It's taking the old money and reworking it to fix the problem. All right, well, here's the conspiracy theory side of it. Oh, no. Let's hear it. The Federal Reserve, uh, in, in essence, is the problem there. The Federal Reserve... Essentially, uh, you know, for layman, and, and I don't have a great understanding of it, essentially loans money to the, the United States to do what they have to do, and then we turn around and have to pay interest on it, which is how the, the deficit increases. Right. Some, someone did an analysis, and um, if you were to get rid of the Federal Reserve, in other words, get rid of this uh, – this is essentially just a huge bank. Yeah, exactly. Just a huge bank that we have to take our, our loans from and then turn around and pay the interest. The Rothschilds and the Bushes and the uh, DuPonts and the Vanderbilts and all those families are the ones who basically run and benefit from it. But if we were to get rid of that, we could actually support uh, our budget. And that includes the entitlement taxes like the welfare system and... and uh, HUD and, and all that we can support and the military everything that everyone wants to support we could actually support it with the current sales tax rate right now so in essence people pe- what people are buying right now and paying sales tax on would be able to sustain this country uh, money wise if you weren't able to if you didn't have to pay back the loan uh, the interest on the Federal Reserve. And so so essentially what this guy was saying is, is that you could get rid of income taxes altogether and simply do it on sales tax. And then it benefits even more because the more money you get back in your paycheck, 
the more things you're going to buy, which is going to generate more sales tax. So you're going to be able to. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, to a degree. I I mean, what I think the big hurdle you have to get over is our, that deficit of whatever it is, fourteen something trillion dollars, or I'm sure it's. Oh way, yeah, but that, it, that was a couple years ago. I'm sure it's way higher now. Yeah, but but the point is, is that but that's interest owed. That's right. the thing. That's not even you're not even you're you're saying that's not true debt. Right? Well, it's debt, but it's but it's not it's not true. See, I look at it like this: when when I pay when I pay taxes. Like I expect that tax to go to something that either a government, you know, military, uh, infrastructure, that, something of some that government nature. program. Right. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Something that, that that dollar goes from me to Uncle Sam and then Uncle Sam down to uh whether it's welfare or the roads or schools or military, whatever it is, but it goes to something that is intangible that I can look at and say, Okay, you know, my tax dollars paying for this, you know, for my protection as far as the military goes, my protection as far as the firemen and, and ambulances and, and police departments, my protection as far as uh, the infrastructure, my protection as far as, you know, Border Patrol, all that. It goes to help uh, those who are less fortunate. Uh, it goes to pay for government workers who are doing certain things. It goes to pay the president, the congressman, their aides, and all that. It's just going to those people, you know what I mean? Right. Whereas in most of it's going to interest in the Federal Reserve. Ah, okay. Which is literally just... But this is a conspiracy theory, right? So not proven that this is actually going on? No, I think the, the pin to pad is is that... Uh, I'm saying the conspiracy theory is who's running the Federal Reserve oh, okay. and, and getting the money, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Which is why we go to the Federal Reserve, which is why we got off the... Which is why we got off the gold standard. And there... Uh, Trump actually said that his favorite president, I think, was Andrew Jackson. And the reason they say he says that is because Andrew Jackson actually did successfully get us back on the gold standard. Yeah. Um, the other president, I believe Kennedy, was it Kennedy? I think Kennedy either kept us on the gold standard or Kennedy wanted to get us back. I think maybe Eisenhower, the one before him, put us off, got us off the gold standard and then Kennedy tried to get us back on and that was the reason he was assassinated. And then they say Reagan tried to get us back on the gold standard. And, and that's the why they tried to kill him. And that's why he was attempting to assassinate. <laughs> so they're saying that Trump is, is also a uh, big, uh, big supporter of going back to the gold system, yeah. the gold standard. And if you look at the gold standard, because um, everyone's worried about money running out with the population. But if you, if you look at the gold standard and, and the, produ and the uh, discovery of gold and, and the value of gold, it it increases uh, about the same rate that the population increases. Yeah. So essentially, uh, if you, if you were to base it on the gold standard, you would you would have enough income to to support everyone. But just my two cents. Yeah. Let's uh, it not to, not too big of a diversion, but uh, did you see the uh, White House Correspondents Dinner comedian 
Did you yeah. watch that? Dude, Jeez. was that not like the cringiest, worst comedy routine yeah, you've her, ever seen? Uh, and I'm not just saying that from like a political standpoint. Just the delivery was terrible and the jokes were terrible. Well, her voice is annoying. Yeah, that's I the mean, worst. That's, that's the worst part of it. Yeah, you you know, and then some of the, some of the jokes were 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 funny, like the punchlines were funny, but the, like you said, the delivery just kind of. Yeah, but dude, the oh, so the left man, they're just eating it up like it's some huge victory for them. And I was I was talking with a, fr- a, fr- a friend of mine who's liberal. And, like, he and I were totally in agreement that it was just – it was awful. Like, super cringy, super awful. And it's just – it's not good comedy. Like, she didn't go up there to be a comedian. Like, she came up there to, to oh, just yeah. be well, a that's mean all leftist wench. Yeah. Like, it was and, terrible. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like I said, some of the punchlines were kind of funny, but, like, they, they made sense. The thing is, is, is uh, dude, everything she said, man, has been said before. Well, it's 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 their narrative. It's the but, narrative they yeah, always. Yeah, but it's like to. it's not original. I mean, it's just you yeah. just put a different twist on the well, same joke. Yeah, she just said, "All right, everybody in the everybody in the Trump administration is lying. Abortion's cool, and Mike Pence, you know, loves his wife. I guess that's a bad thing now." Well, and then what he said about I I do like the the White House the what do they call her Huckabee's daughter, uh, Sarah. Yeah, whatever she is, the White House. Press secretary. Yeah, I think is that's, what she is. Yeah, she's got like a hyphenated last name. Those those jokes about her were terrible. Well, it was just it was just mean. Like yeah, I, but the but dude, that it makes no sense. Like burn something and make it your eyeshadow. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, and, and here's the thing though. She's she's not a comedian. Just like Trevor Noah's not a comedian. These are just horrible leftist people trying to be funny with their their you know leftist brand of comedy where it's just like. It's just being mean. Like, you know, whenever Daniel Tosh came to Oklahoma, we went and watched Daniel Tosh. And he just ripped Oklahoma apart for the first, like, 30 minutes of his set. And it was hilarious because everybody was self-aware and it wasn't mean-spirited. Right. Like, it's a joke. When she goes up there, like, the way she delivers it and the way she says it, she's just being mean-spirited. And I'm not saying that, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a conservative snowflake. It's just bad comedy. Like, you're just yeah. up there to be a mean no, you're person. Right. You're not hurting my feelings. You're just looking like a tool. Like I just I don't I don't get it I don't get what the agenda is other than just making people you. mad. I can tell you. What's that? It's a CIA operative called Operation Mockingbird. Just <laughs> get off it. Man. I'm serious. No, I'm, I'm dead serious, so, man. Yeah, but th- that, that's Jimmy same. Kimmel, um, Trevor Noah, like you mentioned. I don't know about her, but all um, late all late nights. Terrible. Who's that CNN guy? Shepard. Uh, Something Shepard. Um, all, all of them, man. CIA plants. <laughs> Operation Mockingbird, guys, check it out. Anyway, don't do that. Moving, to, <laughs> moving along though. Off the off of politics. Speaking of of going to comedy, uh, comedy shows. Chris D'Elia's coming into town. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. You watch that that show, uh, Workaholics. Uh, you yeah. You ever seen it? Yeah. Remember that Topher dude? Yeah. Like their their dealer. Yeah. Now, is he the guy that got into it with Logan Paul, like on Twitter? Yes. Dude, that is some of the most amazing trolling I've oh. ever seen. Did oh, he's you, dude, he's great. It? Yeah, he's great at it. Yeah. Uh, I watch his. I you know I, I I listen to his podcast, and I follow him on everything. I'm gonna I'm gonna look these up because they're. Hilarious. Oh, I can tell you what he said. Logan Paul. He the first off, he's been razzing Logan Paul ever since Logan Paul. Logan Paul, if you don't know, 
was this uh, YouTube sensation uh, that essentially went to Japan to this forest. I, I've talked about him on this before, but he went to this forest known as the Suicide Forest where people uh, are known to go there and hang themselves. Well, Logan Paul, and it's kind of a creepy forest. like So it's kind of a tourist attraction there as well because because uh, people go and, and hang out there. Logan Paul went in and actually, on film, uh, actually uh, stumbled upon a person who had just hung himself with his guide. And uh, anyway, he put that on YouTube, and people wigged out, rightfully so. Uh, it was completely disrespectful. Anyway, Chris D'Elia goes after him hard. Uh, and and uh, they get into it. He, here's the thing, and here's the thing that, that Logan Paul's trying to be a stand-up comedian is, is I think, essentially what's going on. And the thing with uh, with people like that is, is I think they think stand-up com comedy is funny because you just get up there and tell a few stories, but there is a, a, a knack or talent to it that you have to have. And so comedians who've been doing it for a long time kind of take it personally. Steve-O gets ripped a lot. Uh uh, by comedians because they feel like he doesn't really have to sell anything because he's Steve-O, so people are just going to go watch his shows anyway. Yeah. You know, so he... Well, he was never... He's not a comedian. He's just a guy who did dumb stuff. Yeah. yeah. But he does have a decent stand-up routine if you if you watch it. Yeah. Um, Brendan Schaub is another one who I, I haven't heard him, uh, but a lot of people have issues with because he was an MMA fighter. And... So he kind of gets a little bit, uh, so he, so anyway, these guys have these names and then they kind of just transition to comedy and, and, and people, and some of the comedians who kind of go in and, and do it from the, the get go and struggle and live in their car for a while. And I feel like they didn't put in the time. Me, yeah. I think it's overrated, but yeah, there's definitely, there's, I, I've heard other comedians talk about it. Like yeah. there, there's the group of guys that like, they work their way from the bottom to the top to get, you know, yeah. these big gigs. And then you have celebrities that are semi funny that are actors first. And then they try to come over right. to comedy and it's terrible. Yeah. Like, now, but that's the thing. I think Steve O's legit. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is like those, you know, cause real comedians, I mean, Rogan's a, a real comedian and he has no issues with Steve O's shop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's just like, you know, if you're a good comedian, you're a good comedian. But he's also moved on to like 50 different things. Who's that? Yeah, Joe Rogan. Yeah, but he, do, he does stand-up still, though. Yeah, so, but, but that's definitely not his main gig. I mean, his podcast and oh, UFC yeah. is his main thing. So yeah. He yeah. probably has a lot less skin well, in the Well, but, I mean, look at Bill Burr and, and Joey, Joey Diaz yeah. and all those guys. They all say the same thing. It's just, it's one of those things, if people are funny, they're funny. If they're not, they're not. Yeah. You know, and, and so regardless of how you get there, Dude, but uh, this just just this tweet right here between Logan Paul and Crystal. Well, is that the one where he He's, says, Yeah, he goes, Logan Paul, it's like a bunch of crying, laughing face emojis. Yeah. He says, I'm laughing because now I know why your uh comedy career took a dive. And Crystal has the best reply of all time, and he says, At least when my career dies, you can film it and put it on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, he smoked him, yeah, and there's no coming back from that. And I mean, Logan Paul uh tries, but this is his reply. No thanks. I've grown and I've learned that filming a uh, <laughs> yeah uh, that filming a suicide victim is both heartless and insensitive. Like you just lost, you yeah. just lost, and now you're trying well, to okay. you're trying to play victim because you got off, burned. First hard. off, yeah, but but how did that start? 
is is Logan Paul essentially said this is my last vlog you uh something you I, need you need to watch it's important you need to watch I'm not doing it uh, uh this is the last one or something like that yeah and Aaliyah goes no you're not yeah he goes no it's not <laughs> yeah he goes this is important he goes no it's not and that's all he said so then that that's how he gets into it here's the thing about a, a guy like Aaliyah is the man goes to comedy clubs on the regular and gets heckled by people on the regular and has to think of something witty and smart on the fly yeah. about that person yeah. instantaneously. Yeah. So you give that into you give someone like Delia, you you try and roast him on Twitter and give him the opportunity to think about what he's going to say before he's born. You're he's done. done. Yeah. yeah, and Logan Paul is not by any long shot a comedian. Well, he's he's a vlogger that appeals to fourteen year old girls. That's exactly what it is, and that's and it. And so it, that his his like sub sophomore humor like doesn't touch somebody that does it professionally. And yeah, it ne- the, and it never will. Yeah, it's the stupid. If you watched any of, I watched one video that he did, where he's like chasing people around Japan with an octopus. He went to like a sushi shop and, and got a live octopus. Yeah, that's what a thirteen. And started chasing people around with it and. Yeah, and this then is stuck right it at, on the back of a taxi cab or something. And this people, is right after he said, "Yeah, I need to. I'm, I need to focus more on being respectful, you know, especially to the Japanese yeah. culture and all that." And then he turned around and dressed up like a Pokemon and threw Pokeballs at Asian people. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't even think if I was 12, I think that was funny. Yeah. I mean, I I think. You so know who I thought was funny when I was 12? Who? Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim Carrey. And Jim I think he's funny. funny today. Well, think about the think about the, just the the shows that we grew up on that were funny shows like Urkel, Rugrats, Doug, Family Matters. They had like mature family values in there. Right. But now when you watch things like my kids watch like Jesse and uh, what was the other one that was popular for a while, Hannah Montana. The kids that were brought up on that, like, there's no substance to it at all. It's all like terribly delivered jokes that aren't funny, and there's really no lesson yeah. at the end of it. It's it's garbage programming. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Which is why I mean, when you really think of it, like uh, Full House. Yeah. I mean that that was pretty good back then. I watch all the episodes now. The Fuller House. Yeah. They're not as good. No. But but if you were a kid watching that, I mean, it's still there's it teaches family values yeah. every single episode. Boy meets world. Yeah. Girl meets world. Karate Kid. Yep. Karate Kids come out. Oh, Cobra Kai, baby. Cobra Kai. I've watched every episode, and it is, it, dude, it is, it is funny. Yeah, I need to. I guess I need to. I need to take the dive and get. There's, it. there's, there's a 30 day trial on YouTube Red. Uh, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna use it because they have a music player, so I'll just switch one of my whatever I'm using for music now. I'll switch it to, uh, to YouTube Red, and, uh, but yeah, I watch Cobra Kai, and it's, it's funny. Did they set it up for a second season? Oh yeah, easy, nice. easy, yeah. Um, and it's it's not what you expect, man. It's 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 uh it's it's, it's done real well because I don't know if you ever watch movies and you kind of like it's kind of cool to see where people are at now, you know, because you leave Daniel uh, Daniel's son in nineteen eighty nine basically winning yeah. his second championship and that's it, and now. You see him as like, uh, a, you know, he owns a bunch of car dealers and he's stupid rich and <laughs> and old Johnny's, you know, just 
just in the in the rut, man. Dude, yeah. have you ever seen the uh, YouTube video about the Karate Kid, whatever his name was, Daniel Son, being the bad guy in the movie? Like, if you actually yeah. break it down, and that's what this. But here's the thing: this this Cobra Kai series kind of kind of plays on that, yeah, because everything because it does flash back to the the movie quite a bit, and Johnny is now telling it like. Hey, I'm just trying to talk to my girlfriend. This guy butts <laughs> in and punches me in the face, and then they show it, and you're like, "Dude, that's exactly he, what he did." did. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's pretty funny. So check it out, man. How much time is that? Where are we at? Man, we are right at one hour. One hour sounds like a good time to cut this solo act off. Anyway, episode twenty-eight in the books. Thanks for watching. Check us out. Uh, top of the do chain.com, uh, instant or, uh, on all the social medias, Facebook, uh, we, uh, we're all good. Uh, check us out there. Do chain 88, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, I'm out. I'm going to leave you with this last video. Uh, you guys are welcome. It's a bird and a dinosaur. <laughs>